If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Welcome back to the Eurogamer podcast. I'm Bertie, your host, a writer from Eurogamer, and every two weeks I find someone interesting from the world of games to talk to. Supporters of the Eurogamer website get these episodes first. For the price of a couple of coffees, you can get early access to the podcast, plus a whole host of other benefits, including ad-free viewing, exclusive articles, discounts on merch, and more. Check the website or the description for more information. Today, kicking off 2022, Happy New Year, by the way, we have someone whose game we voted Eurogamer's Game of the Year 2021. An unexpected choice, perhaps. This is a Zen game about unpacking boxes as you move into new homes, something we've all probably done. And while I say Zen, it's not always the case. I'm sure I wasn't the only person who found it a bit stressful at times, just like the real thing, I suppose. The game is, of course, unpacking. And my guest is the creator, Ren Breyer. Hey, Ren. Hi, how are you going? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. So tell me, what was it like seeing Unpacking voted as Eurogamer's Game of the Year? I saw your tweet saying, have I been punked? Uh, which brought back memories. I think it's safe <laughs> to say uh, you were surprised. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't expecting that, especially like considering second place was Halo Infinite. Um, I saw some people being like, what? So Unpacking is better than Halo Infinite? And I'm like, you know, maybe. It depends on who you ask. <laughs> What does that kind of recognition for for you as a developer, for your game, uh, for your team, what does that mean to you? Uh, it means a lot. It, uh, it means that this game that we made that we thought was niche, um, that we you know, poured our hearts and souls into for three and a half years, uh, is being enjoyed by people and really connecting with people. So it's not only... Eurogamer that loves unpacking, of course. It, it's been really well received almost everywhere. How much of that did you expect? You mentioned just then that you saw unpacking as, as a niche game that maybe wouldn't reach everyone or lots of people. Do you remember back when it was about to launch and how you were feeling about how it would do? Before launch, I thought we had a pretty good chance because people had already reacted like really positively to the game. Um, we've, we've done a lot of demos and uh, showcased the game a lot and uh, have seen this, this positive response from people. We had like very slowly over the course of, of these three and a half years of development um, seen this, this community come together around the game. So by that point, we we knew that okay like this is gonna do all right at least we didn't expect it to do this well i think a lot of people were surprised especially by the story um they weren't expecting that so i, I like i thought that we had communicated there was going to be a story but uh 
apparently, you know, most people just thought this would be this game about organizing things and didn't realize what exactly we were going for. So that was that was exciting that we got to surprise people with that. How well has has unpacking done for you? Has has it to ask a crude question? Has it has it changed your life? Uh, yes, yeah. Um, it's uh, I'm right now in this weird period between like you know the game has launched and has seen great success, but um, it it takes a while for that you know the life changing amount of money to actually come through. Uh, so right now it's like I I have not um, received that yet. Right. But uh, once I do, I think that will be fairly life changing. Um, and it's been life changing in terms of like recognition from my peers. I feel yeah, I feel recognized. I feel um, I don't know. It just it feels really great to know that people that I admire and like a lot um also like my game is there anyone in particular you're thinking of when when i say this yeah um okay well most recently uh conrad um i don't know how to pronounce his last name i think it's rosette conrad rosette he uh is the creative director of uh uh the game greece okay the really beautiful um 2d platformer from um oh gosh i think they're from spain um yeah it's a beautiful game published by devolver and i i just really love that game and it's one of the most visually stunning games i've ever yes. played um and he messaged me the other day to say you know congratulations i love the game sent me a screenshot of the the credit <laughs> screen <laughs> so that was that was really lovely that's lovely. So, what what will you do when 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 that uh, when the money when the sales money comes in? What will you is is there something you've got lined up to do? Uh, are there things you've been marking down on a list and you're like, right, I can do that now? <laughs> I mean, it's it's really boring stuff. Like, I've I've started buying some of the things that I needed, but it's like super basic. It's like I need a new computer because my computer is seven years old and still running <laughs> Windows 7. Wow. I made unpacking on Windows 7. <laughs> my laptop is uh, very often not turning on, so I'm getting uh, an iPad uh, iPad Pro to replace it. Um, the biggest thing will be, like, we're thinking of getting an apartment. Um, cause it's me and Tim who, made, who, who, like, started this game together, and so we yeah we're gonna get an apartment together um that'll be our own because we don't we we rent (laughs) you know so so that's that's the ways that this has been life-changing is like i will actually become a homeowner um not gonna go as far as a house (laughs) because brisbane's actually surprisingly expensive but uh an apartment that would be nice and you know yeah new computer new shoes like new things that i haven't gotten for myself for too long because i was like oh i mean um it's the pandemic anyway where am i going with these shoes? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah now i'm like okay time for some new things it's exciting but, uh, yeah but, you know eventually it'd be cool if i can invest a bunch of this money in the next project but for now i'm taking a break 
I mean, Good. not yet, right? Like, I would like to take a break right now. I'm still doing stuff to do with unpacking. There's there's more to do. But, uh, you know, once I can, I will. This is lovely to hear. This is the indie fairy tale, in a sense. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't, it, it doesn't necessarily land for everyone uh, or, or for a lot of people, in fact. But, but, but when it does, it's lovely to hear that the success of, of a great game can really change people's lives in, in really positive ways. Yeah, it's, it's been really um, surprising and unusual because I, I know this is not normal. Like, this is not what normally happens when you release an indie game. I feel extremely lucky. Like, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how this happened. Um, like, I'm, you know, I'm proud of our game and I think that we did a really good job with it but i think there's always a huge element of luck like i what i can control is making uh, a good game to the best of my ability but what i can't control is really how it'll be received what the market is looking for right now what people will connect with so you know if someone plays my game and they're like yeah it's good that's one thing but for someone to actually get to the point where they want to play my game that's that's actually the harder part so yeah. i feel yeah very lucky and um it is it is life-changing i mean uh, if you're if you're someone who's watching the video right now um right behind me is uh tim's desk so we share we share an office um it's a small office and we're back to back so maybe we will soon have separate offices that'll be <laughs> exciting steady on yeah yeah so <laughs> I feel like it's at this point in, in the podcast where I normally go back in time a bit with my guests and find a bit out about who they are, you know, how they grew up when games came into their life. And, and I will do that. But I've got a sneaking suspicion that we may already know from unpacking quite a lot about you. Uh, and when oh, you're yeah? talking about your um, old equipment, I can picture in unpacking that chunky laptop that you keep having <laughs> to find a place for and uh, the headphones that you keep having to put down in places. And I think there was even an MP3 player or, or a player of, of some description. How much of unpacking is about you? Because I've seen you talk about it as a, as a game that's, you know, and a story that's very personal to you. Is, is that, in some respects, your life? Are, are you the person in unpacking? I am not the person in unpacking, uh, although some people would think I am. The person in unpacking is kind of an amalgamation of a lot of people that I know. Um, it, it She borrows a lot from me, um, but not only from me. She borrows from Tim, she borrows from other friends, and some things are just totally made up. Um, some things we've we picked because uh, they they work well, like an MP3 player that's like a generic versus like an iPod. Because I had an iPod and I couldn't like put an iPod there. I can't put. Um, okay, so you, like you wouldn't have. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say you, you you can't put specific things there for for copyright reasons or. Yeah, yeah. I mean everything is uh slightly altered you know anything like the the consoles everything has to be slightly off brand um <laughs> to to dodge any problems you know you you say every, everything is a generic so there's that but there's also like say from 
I, I don't remember what year, but, you know, it would be fairly early into the game, at like mid-game, um, I guess. Um, the main character, I mean, in terms of years, I would have had an iPhone. But the main character doesn't have an iPhone, or if, if she does, you don't see it. Because that's not something you pack, that's something that you keep on you. So we wanted her to have a different like music player. So she has her old MP3 player, and later she switches it up to a to a newer one. Um, and then eventually those those go away. But there's all these considerations of what's something that you'd actually pack up. We had a lot of conversations about things like that. Like when we introduced the plants, we're like, all right, the plants need to be able to sit on top of the boxes because it'd be weird if you unpack them out of boxes. Yeah. Uh, that GameCube, though, is pretty distinctive. <laughs> well, it's not quite a GameCube. It's uh, more actually somehow more square than a GameCube. So you've got the square handle on the back instead of a rounded one. Right. Um, the top, instead of, instead of having a circle, it's got a square. Um, the ports connect differently. Uh, the... Uh, memory cards are are different. Like we, we made a lot of small changes. Oh, and it's in a color that it, the GameCube never came in. Ah, yeah. So <laughs> this is the kind of level of of detail that you've thought about these objects. I was watching um, a talk by your. I think it was an art talk, and it was about your kind of pipeline and getting someone else onto the project and how you kind of dealt with that. And the level of specificity almost that you that you thought about the objects is is incredible but then it's a game about objects you needed them to be recognizable especially as you started reducing the amount of other stuff in your game did you i mean is there a slight obsession there now about seeing <laughs> objects um I mean, I think it helped me become a better observer. I actually think I'm not that good an observer um, for an artist. I don't notice things uh, as much as I would like to be able to. Um, there's this exercise that I've done a few times, um, which is like to draw an object from memory. And there's a lot of objects when I think of them, I'm just like, I have no idea what this actually looks like. And, and funnily enough, it's things that a lot of, I think, uh, game artists would be really good at like a gun. Like I am so bad at drawing guns. I can like it's just like do, a banana. Like, the general a banana shape. with a handle. I can do the yeah the banana with a handle, but like anything beyond that, I'm just like I don't know. Turned out like one that I couldn't remember how to draw at all is a is a tank as well. Like how do I how do I draw a tank? And I'm like, well, it's got the big wheels and it's got the little thing on top and it's got the turret. And I was like, okay, that's that's all I've got. It's like <laughs> such a vague shape, you know? So I I feel like my observation powers are not as good as they should be. Um, and I think unpacking has helped me with that. It's helped me get better. But um, yeah, it is. It, it was a pretty obsessive game to work on. Like everything is in the details because the details are everything. Um, there is nothing else. There's no characters. There's no dialogue. There's no, like, uh, the, the gameplay, you know, like you're not jumping around and, and moving. Things aren't moving fast. You can see everything all the time. The game is very dense with detail. So that there detail are, matters. There are some objects 
and even layouts of rooms with the with the bunk bed that has the kind of desk space underneath to me that's like i didn't have that bed but i had friends that had that bed and it's it's my childhood there are some objects in that game that are so transportative uh, which i guess is part of the point so when we, i suppose when we look at the game then and 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 how it it mirrors your life if we go back to that first scenario the child's bedroom and when you're unpacking like that that glittery chunky diary that i can almost i can almost feel in my hands and <laughs> and and all of the and the chunky books as well but all of the other things the little plastic toys that you with the the little arms that you put on the, well i presume they have the arms that you put um on the well wherever i put them on top of the cupboard but other people might put them elsewhere not in the bed i hope that'd be really uncomfortable <laughs> so who's ch- is, is that your childhood bedroom it's a 90s childhood bedroom okay <laughs> it is partially mine it's partially tim's it's uh partially like friends of ours so like you said you know you didn't have that bed but that bed feels like your childhood so i didn't have that bed either but tim had that bed okay um I didn't own a Simon, like the Simon game, but a friend of mine did. And so I remember, and actually multiple friends of mine did, and I remember going to a friend's place and playing Simon. So in that way, it was my childhood. I owned a Tamagotchi. I <laughs> owned My Little Ponies. Uh, I owned Trolls when I was young enough. Oh, like, God, Trolls, yeah. of course. So there's, you know, there's a lot there that I'm like, yep, I I own this. Uh, But there's also things where I'm just like, I remember other people having these. Or I remember these being like in the popular culture at the time. Um, I did not have a diary growing up, but a lot of people did. So we we felt like our character would. Um, I'd say the art supplies are probably the most inspired by mine and Tim's lives because both right. of us are, are artists, actually, even though on this pro- project, uh, Tim is a programmer. He is also an artist and uh, and an animator, and both of us are. So uh, we, we borrowed a lot from our lives. We made um, this character an artist because that was something that we knew we could do more easily than make the character something that we're not familiar with uh like say an archaeologist you know <laughs> um and also there's certain professions where you see more of that profession at home um and other professions where you don't um i couldn't even tell you what an archaeologist has at home and if bones. they have a lot of stuff at home or if uh that's bones i guess so yes <laughs> but like i wouldn't really know i'd have to do a bunch of research and for our other characters we did do research but um for our main character we based it like heavily on things that were familiar to us so we were like art digital art traditional art she's got all of her uh you know generic but clearly uh copic marker inspired markers um just got that big uh um thing of uh colored pencils some people are like oh my gosh it's like prismacolors other people are like oh they're my derwents you know so they're they're generic but uh they're very familiar to to anyone who has has done traditional art are you, do you have um some pencils or, or coloring pens or art supplies on your desk right now i do yes uh do you want me to pull some up sure uh, if only they're if they're a little within bit off to reach. the side uh one sec 
I can see some uh, cuddly toys yeah. just behind you on the. On oh the yes, shelf. yeah, that's uh, part of our collection. We've got more in the living room. So here's my Derwent. Ah, okay. Yeah, and uh, our theory for what happens with the um, colored pencils in the game is like she does with them what we do with ours which is you, you buy a really big set and you're like i'm totally gonna use these and then you don't um and you lug it with you for a while until eventually you're like all right i don't have room anymore i guess this is uh being given to a friend or something i was gonna say trying to find space for packs of what could be pencils or, or kind of pens or which begin as crayons these are big objects and when your desk starts to get cluttered with more computer equipment and drawing tablets and laptop computer screens and all of it and, and then you've still got this easel as well and you're thinking oh how, you know how do I fit this all in and it this was a real... real real artist problem I I loved that um someone uh on Twitter like took a I think it was a little, like a little uh, gif of the or arranging the desk in the third apartment. And it's like you put the keyboard down, you put the monitor down, you put the mouse and the mouse pad down, and then you put the tablet down and you don't know how to arrange it, like the drawing tablet. And, and like, how do you arrange this so this is comfortable to use uh, in any configuration? And it's like, you can't, it's impossible. And so this person is an artist in real life and she was like, I can't believe this goddamn problem is like following me into video games. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's it's very real, and then when you have your your Cintiq, uh, it gets even worse because it's like really huge. It takes up so much desk space. I do not have a Cintiq. I'm not I'm not that fancy. So, this girl's story of um, becoming, I think she becomes a game artist. That's what what she does in the game. She she doesn't become a no. game. Oh, she's just no, a she oh becomes... she's an illustrator. Yeah, for... didn't you see she wrote a book? I did see that. I I think I'm getting my memory <laughs> is is uh, jumping out on me here. So she becomes That's a right. illustrator. So, but was that a path you wanted to follow as a child? Did you always want to work in games? Were games a strong part of your of your childhood? Games were a strong part of my childhood, but I didn't think about going into games until I was eighteen, when I was looking at universities and colleges and. Um, I wanted to study animation. I wanted to work in film or TV, but uh, one of the schools that I was looking at was called Quantum College, and it's a, a school like that's specifically very uh, games focused. Like they do film as well. Now, now they're called SAE, but at the time they were Quantum, and um, that actually made me realize, oh. I could work in games, like people do animation for games. That's that's a thing. That's an option. <laughs> it had never occurred to me until that moment that that was something I could do. Uh, which is funny because, like, I know for my partner, like, uh, he knew he wanted to do, like, he w wanted to make games since he was really young. Um, for me, even though I loved games um, and I had consoles, like, growing up and stuff, it never occurred to me. Um, but yeah, I did not. I don't think I ever wanted to be a book illustrator in particular. Um, we picked that for our character as like a way to differentiate her from, from us. So we, we didn't want her to be me or my partner. We wanted her to be her own person. 
Um, so we went with, with illustration. We thought that was like different enough, but uh, still familiar that we could uh, work on it and, and like feel confident enough uh, with what we were doing. So had you tried to make a game on your own at any point in um, before you started on unpacking or were you quite happy being a cog in someone else's wheel, so to speak? <laughs> I actually, no, I hadn't tried to make my own game before. I think I didn't have a lot of confidence in my ideas. Um, and I didn't feel like uh, in places that I'd worked, I didn't really feel that encouraged to do that. Although, although actually, no, that's not entirely true. Because at Halfbrick, we had this thing called um, Halfbrick Fridays, which was like this, uh, um, basically this week-long thing that was like spread across several weeks. So it's like one day a week for, uh, I don't know, something like six weeks. And you would, uh, basically, people would come up with their own ideas for games and uh, pitch them and then uh, form teams around them and uh, pitch, make these prototypes. And sometimes these prototypes later turned into company games, uh, but very rarely. So in, <laughs> while I was a half brick, I kind of, happened to be there at a time when they were not doing these for a pretty long time <laughs> but we're at the end of my time there uh they did one um actually they did two in in like the, my final year there and uh that first one i was like well i i don't have any game ideas i will just join someone else's team it's fine and then that the, the day before the pitches um a friend of mine did a presentation on um some new tools that uh, he had been working on for the company and something he showed in that presentation uh, inspired a game idea in me so i was like wait maybe i could do this and i stayed back late and i made a little um slide deck and uh drew some scribbly drawings and the next day i i pitched this idea and it was well liked enough that we we got a full team um we actually got more people apply we had more people apply than we had room for so that was that was really cool that was very encouraging do you remember what the can you say what the idea was oh um i don't know if i can talk about it i probably it's fine like it was called rocky defense and uh the pitch was something like reverse angry birds like you <laughs> uh um played a pile of rocks that like you had to to build um a defense out of and then things came flying at it and you needed to like keep building this pile of rocks ah. to <laughs> to protect your uh your diamond queen i like it yeah yeah it was, it was cute it was, it was silly um the prototype was not very good in the end like uh not not the quality of it like we had you know lovely programmers and stuff and uh i i, I liked the art that i made but it was uh you know, I don't think it was that good an idea in the end. Like, there was a lot of holes in it. And, you know, we worked on it for a pretty short time. Two months in a cabin in the woods in Sweden um, as a kind of games incubator thing. I hope it wasn't in the winter. Um, no, it was in summer. It was lovely. <laughs> so, so is that, 
I, I'm looking at the 2018 and I'm thinking, um, is that when the idea for unpacking was born? Interestingly, just before. So okay. the idea for unpacking came when my partner moved in with me. Um, we tell the story a lot. Okay. Um, so he moved with, in with me here in Brisbane. Um, it's the apartment that we're currently still in. Um, and yeah, something seemed very game-like about it, like taking things out of boxes and emptying a box to unlock the box underneath it and like not knowing what's going to come out next like there's the certain element of like delight and surprise and completing sets of items and just in general creating order out of chaos which is what you do in a lot of games mm. um, just very literally in this case so uh, yeah, we, we had this idea and we were like, cool, let's, you know, maybe we can make this. We, we, we were just kind of, at first we were just brainstorming and it was almost like a joke, but uh, Tim really encouraged me. So like I said, I didn't used to have a lot of confidence in my game ideas, mm. but uh, uh, my partner Tim, like, is always coming up with ideas. He has several game ideas a day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, if you... Uh, if he starts telling me, oh, so I was thinking about this uh, this uh, new thing for the, the witch game. And I'm like, which witch game? Uh, is it this one or this one or that one? It's like, oh, um, no, it's a new one. Actually, it's none of those. So <laughs> there's there's always more ideas. Um, whereas for me, I'm just like, I don't know. I have like a, a couple like in the back of my head. But, but for the most part, I just go, ah, it's crap. Don't worry <laughs> about it. I'm not going to make this. But um, yeah, he was like really encouraging. And uh, when I said, oh, you know, like this, this seems game-like, he started being like, okay, um, how would the mechanics work? And, uh, you know, whose things are you unpacking and all that? We, we just started brainstorming. And uh, he brought it up again the next day. And I was like, oh, okay, this is, yeah, I guess we're doing this. And so I would start to bring it up. Um, and eventually I was like, uh, well, I had an idea for what we could do uh, story-wise that we could tell the story of a character through the different moves in her life from childhood into adulthood and um, I, I had like a bunch of the levels mapped out uh, essentially like just a just the general outline right it was like um, you know something like six of the levels that, that are currently in the game that was okay. that was ready in the beginning but I was like I don't know how to end this what what is the goal here? Where where will this finish? Do you like unpack a mausoleum? Like, what? <laughs> where are we going? And I was like, you know, just kind of nervous about this. Like, oh, it's probably a stupid idea. And he's like, no, 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 this is great. And he like helped me come up with the ending for it. And I was like, okay, this is great. And and something like a year later, we came up with uh, this one other move that was missing from the middle, um, and. It was like, all right, that's that's the full story. Um, but yeah, what, so what was the move that was missing missing from the middle? Missing um, is are spoilers okay? They are. I feel like most people would probably have played unpacking at this point that are listening to this anyway. Okay, but if you're so worried about them, you don't have to. No, that's all right. You'll be surprised to find out that the missing move was the one where you move back in with your parents. Ah. which is like such an integral plot one. But uh, what happened was after the um, boyfriend apartment, you were supposed to have like a sad move where you move out on your own, but it kind of ends happy because you're like, you know, you're, you're both um, 
you know heartbroken but also like uh you you eventually like okay i have unpacked this place and it's nice and it's mine um and um what was missing there was like well okay so what what ended up happening was the next level after that is the level where the new partner moves in with mm. her and then that's a happy level. And what kind of ended up happening was that you had this one level that couldn't decide whether it was sad or happy, but was more sad than happy. And then afterwards, you have a partner moving in and it's happy. And it se seemed weirdly codependent, like like she can only be happy when she's with partners. Uh... And we didn't like that. Um, and, and it just felt like not as cohesive as it could be. Like each move kind of needed its one kind of mood or message. Uh, so we were like, all right, um, Tim was actually saying like, oh, we need, we need another level here to, to break this up and make this better. Um, so, you know, maybe she can move into a smaller, dingier place. And I was like, what if she moves in with her parents? And then we high-fived. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say that boyfriend, what a jerk. <laughs> um, but it's, it's amazing how powerful that experiences i think she goes from 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 student accommodation i think oh student accommodation or, or maybe she's learning around that point but then she moves into this very pristine apartment with this i don't know what this person does but they earn maybe quite a lot of money they're maybe as like a city worker or some something like that and they've got these weights and things and it creates such a strong impression of who this person is and then of course the clever mechanics where there's not enough space for everything and you start having to even saying it this way, you start having to encroach on on this person's space and life. And the things that you have are, you know, colorful, maybe even tacky kind of plastic things or toys <laughs> next to this person's stylish equipment that they have all kind of color coordinated and, uh, and laid out. And I could just imagine the look on this person's face when they came back after you'd unpacked and just being... <laughs> completely unimpressed uh, it's it's a really powerful level and you really conjure the idea of a jerk <laughs> quite uh, powerful i don't know if you even intended to do that oh no we absolutely did <laughs> although the funny thing is he wasn't supposed to be quite as big a jerk in the beginning um it kind of evolved out of the gameplay so we um yeah so so like i said from early on we we knew we wanted these these different story beats where each one introduced something new the game um and so like the first level it's a small level uh it's it's the tutorial essentially you're unpacking one room then second level you're uh unpacking a, a student apartment so it's like very small uh but it's like got multiple rooms and it's got like a couple new things like uh hanging clothes and, and so on um third apartment you live with housemates you've got ah, okay. other people living there um and you have to fit yourself in amongst these other people you you fit your life around someone else's um but they're your friends and you know you you fit in better with them um but but you are kind of like intruding on their space in a way and you feel you feel like okay i have to fit myself around here i can't move their things now when you move in with the boyfriend we knew we wanted you to be able to move his stuff as a contrast so because you're closer but also we wanted you to not be a good match um 
and so we wanted his stuff to be quite different. Now, something that we noticed when uh, people played the game was that they wouldn't move his stuff in the beginning um, because <laughs> so this is this is um, playtesters, right? Like friends of ours who just come in and and play a bit. And we, we saw that they weren't moving his things. They were used to just placing their things around other people's because that's what we just taught them in the last level. So in this level, we wanted to teach players that they can move his things, which meant we had to force them to move his things. So we had to make them be as in the way as possible. So <laughs> that was actually really fun to do, just make everything. That, that was me like arranging that level, <laughs> just making it um, very uh, annoying. And you're like, oh, I can't fit anything, you know. Like I would, I would watch playtesters and be like, wow, I can't fit my stuff here. His his stuff is so badly arranged. And then they'd accidentally pick up one of his things and be like, oh, oh my god, and <laughs> just completely rearrange it all to to make room for themselves. And so that that um, worked really well to reinforce the mechanic that like you are making room for yourself. But a boyfriend that doesn't make room for you is a jerk. And so mm. it kind of came out of the mechanics that he not only was a bad match for you, but also didn't make room for you and therefore sucked. Do you have a, do you have a favorite level in the game? And was it always your favorite level or, or did this change over time? You know what? No one's ever asked me that. Oh. That's really interesting. I have never thought about that. What's my favorite level? Oh, um, I I don't know if I have a favorite. I think I find the final level a little daunting whenever I'm playtesting. Like mm. by the time I get there, because usually I'm trying to do it all in one go because mm. I'm trying to make sure that nothing is broken. And I get there and I'm like, oh my God, this is so much. <laughs> so uh, that was actually something that we were worried about when we first uh, finished the game. And like that, that level was huge. And I was like, oh my God, is this going to be too much? But people seem to like it. So <laughs> it's fine. Um, maybe level six, uh, which is um, the one where you move out on your own. It's just got this very um, upbeat vibe to it where you are making an entire apartment your own and all your stuff is back and you have an office for the very first time. But I, I like all the levels, like all of them. I mean, I, I just ragged on the final level, but I do, I do love it. It's, I think it's really special. And I especially love the, the nursery. The nursery is like probably my favorite room in the game. Yeah, it's just that that level is a bit daunting um, as a whole. But yeah, level level six is lovely. Level I, I really like level three where you're like moving in with these these interesting people who are clearly your friends and mm. you're all nerds and play D and D together. Because there's um, something so nice about that phase in real life as well, where you you find your people after sometimes yeah. trying to fit in amongst people who you don't quite connect with, and then you find people and that they had you know Dungeons and Dragons was a um, that was a good thing as well. <laughs> yeah, um, I really like that level. I, one of the reasons I really like that level is because it feels really personal to me. Because that one, that one is actually quite heavily based on uh, on my life. Not not entirely. Again, like the housemates are completely different to the people I actually lived with, with the exception that one of them uh, was uh, a cosplayer and uh, liked to sew, and so she had a. Uh, a uh, dress form in the living room um, with like whatever cosplay she was working on at the time. And that was, that was really cool. 
Um, but otherwise, you know, there wasn't that much in there that was, uh, you know, based on, on people that I, I spent time with or, or lived with. But the feel of the place, the place is very heavily inspired by my previous apartment where I lived with various different housemates over the course of like six or seven years. Yeah. Yeah. The yellow wallpaper and the uh, the um, carpet and just like a lot of things about it. the kitchen um, is very similar to the kitchen that we had. Yeah. Was it interesting or perhaps revelatory for you working on a game and thinking about moving into places or moving out of places, um, the whole kind of picture? Was it, did you have any epiphanies about that process while you were working on it? Because you're thinking about it every day. So something that struck me uh, while I was playing was this idea of the objects we carry through our lives this core kind of collection of objects which seem to follow us from childhood through to middle age to perhaps to old age and this feeling that they're almost indispensable that they represent who we are they're like a little satellite collection of things that are us and we cannot get rid of them and and when you look at them individually you know they might be a teddy they might be a toy that you had from younger or a picture they're not individually valuable or sometimes even nice objects but yet we cling to them as if if, if we get rid of them we're getting rid of a piece of ourselves. and that really struck me because I, I i know i still have some books and some things that i carry around and and it made me sort of look at them and think why why do i do that i don't know why i do that but yeah i can't get rid of them it's as though i've imbued them with a a kind of uh, irreplaceableness did, did anything occur to you like this or along those lines while you were making the game yeah um, I think I had a lot of little revelations and like a lot of I think I think I understood my relationships with items better than I than I did before like through making this game um, but also while we were working on the game a sort of philosophy of the game emerged that I hadn't consciously thought about when we were like, we're going to make this game. Um, but it came about and it, it makes a lot of sense to me. It, it's like in, in unpacking, in unpacking the game, um, you don't have any control over what gets packed into the boxes um, mm. or where you're going to move. Um, and what you do in the level generally like does not matter in terms of like like the game does not care what you do essentially when like when you move on to the next level there's no consequences to what you did you could have arranged it however you wanted um the game acknowledges the things that you do in various ways but like uh you can't affect the course of the character's life and that was a very deliberate decision because obviously one of the things that we were thinking of really early on is like what if you could do different things that um you know like make the character put an item in a particular spot and that would make her more interested in like science or whatever um but we were like no um that puts a lot of pressure on the player to put things in the right place and we want everywhere to be almost everywhere to be the right place um so yeah the the game lets you do whatever you want in these small snapshots but doesn't let you make any decisions really like long term 
and um, when we started developing unpacking, not not at the very very beginning, uh, but when we started working on it full time, I got um, a pretty bad diagnosis uh, right. in my real life. I got diagnosed with uh, multiple sclerosis. Oh, okay. uh, thankfully we caught it early, and I'm doing I'm doing great. Oh, good. Uh, yeah, but it was a real uh, curveball, yeah. and it really like struck me how little control I have over my life, and even more so when the pandemic happened. It's like there is so much we can't control, um, but something that I do like to do is arrange my house, arrange my things, um, organize stuff. I can organize my house and feel like I am in control here. Um, and someone can plan packing and feel like they're in control and like they have organized their life. Uh, but it's only in that little snapshot. So it's, it's very much like the, make, makes me think of like the, what's it called? Like the serenity prayer. Like I'm not a religious person, but it's like, uh, give me the strength to, um, how, how does serenity prayer go? Do you know? I honestly don't know. Sorry. <laughs> oh, damn. Uh, I'm just going to bring it up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Yeah, it's like, uh, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Wise words. Yeah, and it's like, I, you know, whether you're religious or not, which, again, I'm, I'm not, like, it's it, it really resonates with me because I feel, you know, like not in control of a lot of things, um, and I slowly try to become more okay with that. Yeah. And in, in unpacking, we want to give you this feeling of control in certain spaces, but also you have to be okay with the fact that you don't control this character. You don't control her life. And, and to some degree, she doesn't control it either. Hmm. Like life happens. Um, you end up with uh, some, some friends that you end up living with and it's fun. And you end up with a boyfriend who's bad for you. And you end up breaking up. And uh, you end up... <laughs> having a uh chronic illness which by the way the character has too um some people notice it people oh. with chronic illness generally notice uh. people without um go why does she have a cane why does she have all the like what are all these boxes oh it's medication um things like that so things things happen to her that aren't always in her control um but sometimes sometimes she is sometimes she chooses where to go and sometimes not really yeah. but you can always arrange your items nicely inside your house unless you can't find space for them like that ice cream <laughs> scoop in the kitchen it <laughs> takes up so much that i'm just like why i'm just gonna throw this out i don't know um ice cream is nice though i saw um a talk where you were talking about the instant coffee and how people had tried to chuck that out or something yes yeah, that, that was always funny to me. Um, have you, when you're making the game, um, I know you have some playtesters in occasionally, but by and large, it's your perception of what the game is, what the message is in the game. And then comes this moment as you get to launch where you, you're giving it out to, you know, um, luckily in this case, it was lots of people. It's been lots of people have played the game and then 
it's their interpretation of of what you've created and and what it means to them and what's really special i think about unpacking is that by removing the subject in the game or, or not directly showing the subject in the game i think you allow space for people to step in and become the subject themselves and see their own life in in the scenarios and their time at university their time maybe moving in on their own or moving back or all the different things living with jerky partners and um it allows space for people to interpret the game their way have do many people talk to you about their interpretations do you get contacted by fans have you heard any surprising things it's been uh probably my favorite thing about this game is that people contact me and tell me their personal stories and the ways that they connected with the game and how it affected them and they say thank you in wow. a way that feels like like my game helped them which is like it blows my mind and makes me really happy that i could connect with someone like that um people even even like streamers when they stream uh they talk about the items and what they mean to them like uh i was watching this one guy playing the the demo way back when um he played like the first level and every item that came out he related to his own life and he's like oh wow uh, this old game boy wow you you kids these days wouldn't know but you know these didn't these weren't backlit so <laughs> you see this flashlight over here if you wanted to play in bed like you got to play with the flashlight and you know just reminiscing while playing this game um and that yeah i i love that and i love that so many reviews and articles about unpacking start with someone telling a personal anecdote or like telling you something personal about themselves like i think it was the one that was in the la times started with this guy reflecting on um a soft toy that he's had since mm -hmm. childhood that is still there and has had its head sewn back on and uh you know some other items that like should have been tossed out but haven't been and it's like almost every article about unpacking um of someone who, who like had the game resonate with them starts like that and and relates a lot to their personal lives and people tell me that they uh or actually write in their articles that they're jealous of the main character that she has her shit together um that that her life is good and she lives in a nice place and she bought a house and like it's we made the game as kind of millennial wish fulfillment um if <laughs> you do these basic things like like i'm about to do with the you know earnings from unpacking and getting a nice new computer and buying a house like or an apartment so yeah it's like I've heard a lot of stories and uh it's been it's been wonderful. It's like that's actually what I wanted the most out of this game is like it's it's why I make art is because I want people to connect with it. Mm. Um I want to give someone an experience and have them feel something and if they then like contact me back and share that experience with me that's that's just like all I could ever ask for. Yeah. So at the moment um it it still hasn't been that long since since the game came out so I presume you're in a period at the moment where you're just 
you said earlier you're taking a break obviously you're looking forward to the things uh new things in your life like perhaps a new apartment buying some new things that you haven't been able to for years um but in terms of the game is this just a period of reflection for you and kind of listening to how people and watching how people are reacting to the game and reflecting on the project itself is that the kind of period that you're in at the moment no we're still working oh okay <laughs> we're still working i'm i'm looking forward to taking a break uh, <laughs> No, um, okay, so like there's tech support and uh, it was funny because uh, when I told my mom like uh, that I have to answer questions from like users on Steam who can't, you know, make the game go, she's like, oh, that's you guys? You guys do that? I'm like, who else? Who's going <laughs> to do tech support for us if not us? So like that's, you know, some of my time goes on that and answering emails and like people reach out about, you know, like like media stuff like interviews but also like uh just i don't know like new opportunities and things um we are working on some interesting things to do with unpacking it's not it's not new content we're not making new content for unpacking but we're making some interesting things that are related to the game okay um and yeah it's you know there's like there's there's stuff to do so once that's done then i can rest and then i can reflect <laughs> but uh it's it's an interesting time for sure i mean right now i'm also filling in for our community manager who uh, wrapped up with us because she has a full-time job doing other stuff and always had so uh we're looking for someone to replace her and hopefully we'll have someone by next week Okay. Uh, but for now, you know, I'm like running our TikTok and Twitter and uh, yeah, Steam forum and everything. So it's there's a lot of work. Do you? I've heard some people talk about success as a challenging thing to deal with sometimes in relation to. I don't know the expectation maybe that it puts on you for 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 what comes next. Is it too early to to think about that kind of thing? What do you mean that kind of thing? Well, like I suppose two things. Being... So success and I suppose within that what comes next. Hmm. So, yeah, success has been really interesting. Uh it feels unreal a lot of the time. Um, and especially because, you know, it is it is so early that we like haven't like been able to to do the things that you can do without success, like and we're, because we're still working and because we haven't recovered yet from like three and a half years of, of working on this one project that was like, you know, we put our hearts and souls and all of our time and effort <laughs> and some of our health into it. Um, so I still don't feel recovered. Uh, and that that's been I think the hardest thing with the success is that um, stuff keeps coming up opportunities and things which is great and I'm really happy and I wouldn't have it any other way but I, I just wish that weekends were longer <laughs> um, <laughs> otherwise um, what comes next I don't know yet I I want to have this this good long break afterwards I'm not sure. I know Witchbeam has like other projects in the works and yeah, Tim has a lot of um 
like prototypes on the go and, and a ton more ideas beyond that. Uh, but me, like I have some ideas. I have some things that I'd like to make. Um, I don't feel like committing to any of them yet. I think it's going to be a little break first to recover and, and see how I feel in another some, I don't know, half a year. I yeah. think that sounds very wise. Um, <laughs> well, Ren, thank you very much for, for joining me for the Eurogamer podcast. Um, I only have a quick few questions uh, left that I ask everyone uh, that I talk to. They're sort of, they're not silly. I don't want to label them as silly. Um, to everyone else uh, listening or watching this, uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks um, with a new podcast. So please subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on or just visit the Eurogamer website. That would be even better. Um, so Ren, um, it's three questions. And the first of them is, what was your first game? First game that I played? Yes, or could have been Ooh. watched, I guess. Uh, the first game that came came into your life, I suppose, that flashes up in your mind when, when you hear that. Uh, oh. I mean, probably... I'd say my first real game in that I owned it and played it like properly would be Mario 64. Okay. Mario A good 64. game to start with. Very, very good. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've played it and like 100%ed it multiple times since. But you haven't fancied joining the speedrunning community just yet? <laughs> no, I'm not a speedrunner. I'm a slow runner. <laughs> I, I like to play games slowly and take my time but I like to complete them, like, all the way. Okay, so, and I think I might know the answer to this, but um, we'll see. Um, what was the last game you played? And I guess maybe the last significant game that you played, or it doesn't have to be. Do you want to guess? What's your guess? Actually, I don't know if it is. I saw that you rated Psychonauts 2 as your, I think, game of the year last year. Oh. Favorite game. So, but... That may have been played earlier in the year. No, that was a while ago. Yeah, I played it some months back. No, my the, the latest game I played is actually a very old game. Um, I just uh, replayed Banjo Kazooie. Oh um, wow! Yeah, so I was playing um, Ukulele finally because I don't know, it took a while to get around to it. Um, I got it on the Switch and I started playing it, and um, it was good in some ways, but I feel like it didn't hit the mark for me like with what I missed in Banjo-Kazooie and I was like am I just like misremembering Banjo-Kazooie is it just the nostalgia like am I you know uh you know this is this game that I that I remember so fondly but it's probably like I'm blowing it out of proportion <laughs> and I played it again and I was like no this game is amazing still amazing <laughs> yeah holds up that's nice. It's nice to do that and, and almost go and validate your memory. Uh, yeah. I mean, so now I'm playing Banjo-Tooie and I think I'm slightly invalidating my memory because it's not quite <laughs> as good as I remembered. But Banjo-Kazooie definitely held up. Okay, so the final question, best game. And you can interpret that how you like. Oh, God, best game, like, ever. I guess so. Uh <laughs> I don't know. There's so many good games. Uh, there's so many games that I love for really different reasons. I can't pick one best game. Um, uh, yeah, like my best game, like I said, last year was Psychonauts 2. And Psychonauts 1 was, was one of my top favorite games before that. So 
yeah, we can we can go with Psychonauts two for for twenty twenty one. Are there any others that flash up um, over the kind of course of your life? You said you can't pick between them. Were there any? Is there a kind of oh, handful yeah. or a couple that you that come up immediately when you think of that? Yes. Uh, so there's Animal Crossing. Um, there's Super Mario Odyssey. Um, Don't Starve. Uh, God, I, I played a ton of. Um, Finding of Isaac back in the day. Okay. Um, so like I play a variety of games. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said before, uh, Greece was uh, like just really beautiful and special. Um, I don't know. I, there's just so many incredible games out there. And if I'm to name more indies, like uh, um, recently I played uh, Doki Doki Literature Club and it really surprised me and I did not expect to love it as much as I did. <laughs> um, I don't even like horror, um, but I I really liked that game. <laughs> That's nice. It's, I think it's always really lovely when a game comes along in a genre you don't necessarily tend towards, but you play it mm. and you like it and then it maybe edges you to thinking, well, perhaps I can dip into this genre and maybe, maybe I do like this genre. Maybe there are things that I do like in here. Um, yeah, and, and I'm sure that as soon as I get off this call, I'll remember like five other games that I'm like, why, why didn't I say those? They're so important to me. Um, but it's just, yeah, games have been important to me my whole life and have been just, uh, I don't know, like they're really special. I think it's a really special medium. That is a lovely place to end it. Uh, Ren Briar, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for making Unpacking as well. Congratulations. And um, I hope, I wish you all the excitement and in the success uh, that, that has come from it. Thank you so much. It's been lovely being here. <laughs>